I remember Stephen Hawking, he was trying to say that God didn't exist because before the beginning of the universe, time didn't exist. So he reasoned that if time didn't exist, God could have no time to create the universe. But uh, what this is saying that God created time, mm -hmm. he is outside of time. Mm -hmm. He's creating the space, he's creating the light, he's creating day and night. He's putting things together. Yes. Welcome to the Oh My Geekers podcast, where we educate others while educating ourselves on an array of topics. We also review movies, books, and TV shows. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody. Yes, Happy New Year. Yeah, and... I would say if you're not having a happy new year this first day of the year of 2023, um, our hearts go out to you, our prayers are for you. I know sometimes the holidays can be very difficult uh, for some people. So um, the Bible says, mourn with those who mourn, but also to rejoice with those who rejoice. And right now, um, we want to do both. And we are going to kick off the new year with a series on the Bible. And so I'm just going to let Zeke take it away and begin to talk a little bit about um, what he's been learning. And I might interrupt you if I have any questions. So, Well, so I, I've been learning a lot, uh, taking a lot of Bible classes. And so I've been learning a little bit about the languages of the Bible and like how it's a lot more deeper when it's in the Hebrew and the Greek than in the English and so uh, we're going to go through the Old Testament first and we're going to begin in the book of Genesis. Uh, the book of Genesis is the first book listed in the Bible uh, it is part of uh, the Pentateuch, or the Torah, which is the first five books of the Bible which were penned by uh, the prophet Moses, the same Moses who led the Israelites out of Egypt. And uh, the word Torah, I believe, means the law, and Pentateuch means five books. So you have the, the five books of the law. And the first one of those is the book of Genesis, uh, which Genesis comes from the Greek word meaning like the same root, like gene, in like generations. And like but, almost like genetic. Yeah, like genetic. And so, but the Hebrew name for the book is Bereshith. And Bereshith means in the beginning. And so you've got this. Nobody knows when it was written. It could have been written around the time of Ramses, maybe before that, maybe even way before that. Uh, but Ramses is like the one of the pharaohs? One of the pharaohs. Some people think that he was the pharaoh of the Exodus. Um, but the the chronology is kind of wacky so some people think that it may have been written like like hundreds of years before that maybe even 
more a couple of hundred years before that uh, nobody knows mm -hmm. uh, but nevertheless it was written by Moses it chronicles the first everything basically like the first the from first. the beginning of the the world to the beginning of the uh, Hebrew patriarchs like the first man and women, the first man and woman, and the first man and woman, the the, an, the first animals and first animals, a lot of firsts, a lot of firsts. Okay. Yes. So, right here, I'm going to read out of the the King James version as it is in the public domain, and so we won't get sued. So, <laughs> it says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Okay, so, uh, gleaming from this, we can see in the beginning, which is, of course, the name of the book, uh, God created the heaven and the earth. God is Elohim, and Elohim is a very interesting name. So, in Hebrew, a lot of, you may hear a lot of eems are like Nephilim uh, and others, like Philistim, uh, and that is a plural, a plural, so... So whenever you hear the, like, the Eem, like in Elohim, it, it, it uh, signifies that that is a plural? Yes, it signifies that it is a plural world, and... Elohim comes from the word El, which means God. So, looking at it at first, one may try to translate it as, in the beginning, the gods created the heaven and the earth. Mm. But, when you get into the second chapter of Genesis, it says, the Lord God. So, it is the, uh, the God... And he has a name, the the ever-being gods. So then it gets a little like, what does it mean by the ever-being gods? And then once you get into the next book, which is Exodus, we kind of get the feeling that this is one god. And you've got like El Shaddai, god of strength. And it's like, are these different gods? And then you get to this part of the Bible, of the law, called the Shema. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And so that means that this Elohim is not like a plethora of gods. It is only one God. So in the beginning, God, but plural. It's not polytheistic. It's not polytheistic. Mm-hmm. But it is still plural. That's really interesting because when I, when I was younger and my dad would give us a Bible and he gave us uh, the Jehovah Witness Bibles um, and he had the, the King James Version, which was funny, but I don't know why he, I, I guess because they gave out free Bibles and he's like, and I think I remember, I think I was in ninth grade or 10th grade yeah it was 10th grade and he's all here go read the bible and i'm like uh okay never read the bible before but 
all right i sat on my bed opened it up to genesis and looked at it and it was like a different language to me i i tried so hard to read it but then when i when i got older and i you know life got harder um the first time i um someone who understood the bible pointed out to me in the beginning uh it just said let us make man in our image in the image of god let us make man and um they said oh circle all the plural and that's where we get you know the trinity from and i you know i was jehovah witnesses they don't believe in the trinity i was like what this is so weird but anyway i i just immediately I was, I, it was like my whole world opened up and I, and I was able to begin to understand the Bible in, in just a small way, in just a very small way. But anyway, that's interesting that you say that. And it's also interesting that Jehovah Witnesses, they believe that you're only supposed to use the word Jehovah when you're referring to God. But in the first book of the Bible, it's not Jehovah that is listed it's actually elohim that is listed first and then in the second chapter it says jehovah god which we see this and also in the beginning elohim created the heavens and the earth and so created is an interesting word it's the word bara and the word bara is only used for like someone like creating out of nothing so a lot of other people we would create out of something we procreate yeah we procreate but that's out of something out of something yeah out of something if we are building a house we're creating out of something but with god he creates out of nothing and this word is only used with God. So if people tried to tell you, oh, well, no, it's God and the angels we're creating. No, oh, it's not. Sense. Because in the beginning, God bara the heavens and the earth. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can't do that with an angel. An angel um, can only make out of something. And angels are not God. Because the way mm -hmm. I read it was it said in the beginning... Or it just said in, um, I don't have my Bible in front of me, but it said it, it said in, I think it's in chapter one or is it chapter two? It said, let us make man in our image, in the image of God. Um, and so man are made in the image of God, mm -hmm. not angels, God. And that's how I had already, that, and because somebody had already tried to tell me that whole like, oh, it was the us is God and the angels. It's like, no. Angels are not God. God is God. <laughs> yeah. And then it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And so you, you see here, And the earth was... Uh, here's my translation. And the earth was void and chaos, and darkness in, upon the face of the abyss and the spirit of God intensely hovered upon the face of the waters. 
This, this has always completely baffled and dumbfounded me because I don't understand. I've heard about the gap theory. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe in the gap theory. I never understood that. But how the spirit of God, which is not an it or a force, which is how a lot of people, even Christians, tend to talk about the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit is God, the third person of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hovered over the face of the water, right? Yes. Is that, what is it? It's called the face of the water. Like, say it again. It hovered over what? Yeah, it hovered upon the face of the waters. That, that, I can't even picture that. I don't understand it. I think we were talking about archetypes the other day. Is that a, is that an archetype or did that, is that really what well, happened? It, it, it seems as this, if this is really happening and it's intensely hovering over the face of the waters, but we don't really get a picture of that. The, we don't know how that is because there's no sky. There's no up in in this world it's hovering upon it it's like hovering over upon it's and it's intensely doing it it seems like a force but it's it's a person so it's intensely hovering through this chaotic water watery place uh but the gospels they give us a archetypical picture of this and the archetypical picture of this is a dove mm-hmm. flying over the waters while Jesus is being baptized. And so, so like hovering is kind of like soaring and flying. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just kind of just, just kind of like a drone. It's just, just like there. Just, it's just like there, but it's not a passive thing. It's, no, you it's said an it intensely... Is, what does that mean? Like, why is it intense? Why does it have to be intense? So I get it's, that. it's a PL form, and that that is an intensive, active sort of... It was... It's basically... It's hovering upon... Intensely hovering upon the face of the waters. There's so, no reason for that. Well, there probably is a reason. It's, it's like actively about to do something. It's like, it's like something's about to happen. Something's about to happen. We see that the dove, I I call it a dove. That's the archetypical picture is hovering over the face of the waters and it's about to do something. He's about to do something. So the spirit is active. The spirit is active, very active. It's like an intense sort of thing. That's basically also spirit is the word for breath. So the breath of God is like intensely hovering over the face of the waters. It's basically his breath. Like, you know how, like, in uh, the book of John, where he breathes on his disciples and they receive the Holy Spirit? Mm -hmm. So, that's the same sort of picture. God is breathing out the Holy Spirit upon this chaos. And as for the gap theory, uh, a lot of this comes from, uh, and it says, and the earth was void and chaos and darkness upon the face of the abyss. 
and that the word was in the Hebrew is a little bit ambiguous. It may mean became. The, so they would read it like, and the earth became without form and void. And, but that's only a possibility. The reason why people put that in to the scripture is because back in the day, there were, there was this geologist and I believe this geologist's name was Lyle, I believe. Was he a kindly Viking? No. <laughs> I think his name was Charles Lyle. Mm-hmm. And he did not really believe in the, in God. And so he looked at like geological patterns, you know, like how you go to the Grand Canyon and you see like big layers of rock. Mm -hmm. And so he basically interpreted that to mean because there were, it looked like there were differences in the rocks. He said that those differences were actually time zones within the rock. And within those rocks were like creatures, like dinosaurs and shellfish and all that, and all that jazz. And so he said that because we don't see any humans there in the in those uh, basic rocks, rock layers, then that must mean that this was a time before humans and all these layers, they're very deep and they go down a lot. It sounds a little bit like um, evolution. Yes. So actually Charles Lyle, his friend was a guy named Darwin and Darwin was not that Darwin. Okay. <laughs> actually, I don't think it was actually Darwin. I think that it was both Darwin and another guy. And they had a grandson whose name was Charlie Darwin. And Charles Darwin, uh, he made up the theory that over time, uh, animals, they change. They change their forms uh, through natural selection. And so this became mainstream science. Uh, it was not supposed to, but it became that. And so you have, you have these Bible scholars who are trying to follow the science, but also trying to say that the Bible is the inerrant word of God. And so what they did was they said that, well, between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, there must have been a catastrophic event. Like, the earth was, was, um, created, and then there must have been, like, a rebellion in heaven, and Satan was cast down, and when he was cast down, Satan was like making all of these giant monsters like dinosaurs and all that and then 
to cleanse the world, God sent a universal flood to destroy that. That kind of leaves out the Garden of Eden, doesn't it? It kind of leaves out the Garden of Eden. But it's like, they say, oh, but then it became a watery abyss. And then God recreated the earth. Uh, and that's basically where you There's get... There's a gap in their gap theory. <laughs> you get a gap, There's but... There's a gap in their gap theory. <laughs> but the thing is, this gives Satan a bit too much credit. And anyways, it says... Whenever we see in the Bible, when it says that Lucifer fell, uh, there's a lot of imagery with the Garden of Eden. So we're left with, was the Garden of Eden there before or after? And we, it's quite probable that Satan was there after the Garden of Eden was created. No, he, he fell after. Midst of the garden, he he be, he fell in the midst of the garden. He fell. He was. There was a northern mountain. It says, I believe, in the book of Isaiah, and that he was like a like the he was like the morning star. That's the planet Venus, and that he fell from heaven, and he fell. From heaven in that mountain was somewhere near the Garden of Eden. And so the Garden of Eden couldn't have been there before the Garden of Eden was created. Mm -hmm. Because the Garden of Eden was created for man. Exactly. And Satan cannot create any monsters. That's what I was thinking. And I believe that... I do believe that... Wait, who was created first, the animals or man? Yes. <laughs> oh, they were created on the same day. They were created on the same day. Oh, okay. But uh, uh, Adam had to name them. Adam had to name all the animals. Mm -hmm. And so... The we... flood happened after the Garden of Eden. Yeah, they're talking about two floods because they say that, oh, I will never send another flood then they are like, oh, there's another flood. Oh, okay. Even though that's just a, that's just an assumption. Yeah, because if there were two floods, then it would have said it in the Bible and, and explained it in detail just as it was explained in, uh, in Genesis. Well, the thing is, is that there's real no evidence Except for this tohu vavohu, which the void and chaos, which is found, like I believe in the book of uh, Jeremiah, I believe God did not create the earth tohu vavohu, uh, formless and chaos, but that were that passage is not referring to. Uh, the beginning it is referring to the land of Israel. God did not create the land of Israel void in chaos. Uh, he created the land of Israel to be inhabited. And I think that's where that theory falls apart. Oh, okay. So there's really no reason to assume that there is anything between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 2-2. 
one two. So all we have here is that at this point it's without form and void and God is about to create something out of this form and void. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And in, in this verse, uh, it says like, oh, and God said, let there be light. But in the Hebrew, it, it's like, and God says, be light. And light was. There is no let. It is just the word for being. So it's like, will be light. Light will be. He's not wanting it to happen. He's commanding it, and it will happen. Be light. And there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness. And so when he's dividing the light from the darkness, it's actually God is saying that he's dividing the space in between the light and the darkness. Mm -hmm. in the, That's in the how Hebrew. I picture it. <laughs> he's dividing the space, like mm -hmm. the actual space between. Wait, are you talking about space space, like galaxies and stuff? Uh, sort of. I, I think that we may assume that this is like the outer space, sort of the, you know, like the space between me and you, the mathematical equation uh, of, of where space, where things need to be, where things need to be the, the fabric of space and time. Mm -hmm. And so God is dividing the fabric of space and time in order to uh, order Make about light. Yeah. Oh, wait, order about light. Order about light. So he's creating time. Okay, time and space. So he's creating time. Mm -hmm. Basically, out of the space, he's dividing it so that darkness and light can interact to where we have time. Mm -hmm. This is... Uh, the space-time continuum. Yeah, the space-time continuum. And uh, I remember Stephen Hawking, he was trying to say that God didn't exist because before the beginning of the universe, time didn't exist. So he reasoned that, well, time, if time didn't exist, God could have no time to create the universe. But uh, what this is saying, that God created time. Mm-hmm. He is outside of time. Mm -hmm. He's creating the space. He's creating the light. He's creating day and night. He's putting things together. Yes, he's putting things together. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And the evening and the morning were the first day. And evening and morning is a measurement of time. Mm -hmm. A specific measurement of time. Uh, a literal day. 24 hours. Basically, uh, 12 hours uh, even, the way the Hebrew day works. And that just means that it, you also have the long age theory, which is akin to the gap theory. It's saying that, oh, well, evolution may have happened with God because it 
a day is with a thousand years with the Lord. But also the verse in Peter says a thousand years is as a day. So it goes either way because, again, God is outside of time. And so right here we get evening and morning. So it's with us. He's, uh, Moses is trying to tell us that with us, this measurement of time is the same as evening and morning. One, one human day. And God said, Let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. And God made the firmament, and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament, and it was so. I'm, I always get confused because it's talking about two different waters here. So these waters are sort of uh, a little bit of a mystery. Most uh, cre creationists believe that this water was a sort of uh, mist or canopy. Well, the firmament, firmament, bleh, the firmament, it said to put the firmament above to separate the waters. The, mm -hmm. That the firmament was going to separate the two waters, right? Yes, the firmament is... So what are the two waters? I know so waters... So the below... waters below is the waters... Like the ocean? The ocean, the seas. Okay. The waters above, that's a little trickier. Would but... that be like rain? No, not like rain. Uh, it's more or less where many people believe that it was sort of like a like mist or canopy or something but that that's the firmament no that is not the firmament the firmament it says and god called the firmament heaven oh and so the firmament is the atmosphere oh okay the waters which are above the firmament are waters which were above the atmosphere before the flood that that really okay um, i'm i'm getting the picture here but it's really really hard to understand but i guess as we go on mm -hmm. once we talk about the flood we could talk about how the the waters above did that ever go away or is that still around it may have gone away uh we don't get any uh more verses about it after the flood uh so we we assume that during the flood all the water that was above the firmament flooded the that's what i'm picturing flooded the land and so that that's what many people believe okay and god called the firmament heaven and the evening and the morning were the second day and god said let the waters under the heaven be gathered they're together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God c called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was good. And God said, Let the earth bring forth grass, herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, an herb yielding seed after his kind, and the tree yielding fruit 
whose seed was in itself, after his kind, and God saw that it was good. So here God is creating the first life, and the first life is uh, plant life. Yeah, I think a Wally trying to save that little plant. Yeah, you got everything is green and nice, and, and the evening and the morning were the third day. And God said, Let there be heavens in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. Let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be... And let them be for lights in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, and the lesser lights to rule the night. He made the stars also. So you've got God creating measurements for humans to understand time. Uh, signs and seasons and so when it when it says let them be for signs and for seasons that does not mean that these lights affect our future god is not here giving license for humans to try to read the stars and foretell their future he is here giving humans an ability to understand months with the moon, days with the sun, uh, stars with uh, seasons and years, comets for longer periods of years, uh, eclipses to measure these. He wants us to first understand where and when we live in the universe, and also to learn more about the creation that he has created. Well, yeah, I think of how the sun helps, you know, the plants to grow, you know, and how the moon helps us to see at night when we're walking around. Or doesn't it do something with the waves? It pulls the tides mm -hmm. so that we have waves and that, in turn, helps uh, life to thrive on the Earth. Mm -hmm. Without the moon, without the sun, even without the stars, life wouldn't exist on Earth. The stars, like, what's the purpose of all the stars? Well, the stars... Other than being really cool. The look. stars on the, on the closer... The closer stars are there in order so that we understand seasons and months and years. Mm -hmm. And... Aren't, like, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, aren't those names from some of, like, I guess the, I don't know, if was it the Greeks that it gave us the, those names? It's basically, uh, those names are there for, um, are from mainly Germanic gods. Oh, okay. Uh, save Saturn. And so you, you've got... Because they used to worship those, right? Yeah, they used to worship those, but those, since there's also Sunday and Monday, many people believe that these began the five planets and then the sun and the moon. 
we've got the five planets, the sun, and the moon. And so planets are also there for us to measure time. And then you name the days after those planets. So five and two, uh, the five great stars, and the two great lights, basically. And you've okay. got, got them. They're the wandering stars, though they're just big balls and rock and gas. And so God set them in the firmament of the heaven to give light upon the earth and to rule over the day and over the night to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And the evening and the morning were the fourth day. And God said, let waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath light and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heaven. So there's moving creatures and things that fly. Okay. And God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And so also here we have, and God created great whales. But the word whales here is just a translator's note. They didn't know how to translate this. And... Uh, this word, I believe it's tanin, tanin, uh, tanin, uh, if I'm forgetting it, uh, it is, doesn't mean whale. It's actually sort of the same word that is used to refer to what Moses' staff turns into, a serpent. But not only a serpent, a, a type of serpent that in uh, biblical poetry they go around in the wilderness cackling like hyenas. That's creepy. And so this is like a giant serpent monster. Sea serpent? A sea serpent. That's scary. <laughs> and so it's actually a quote-unquote dinosaur. Many people believe that this word actually refers to dinosaurs. You Which know the word? Uh, the word uh, that's translated from um, whale. The the we translate it whale, but it probably more than likely means giant sea monster. Okay. So it's like a plesiosaur. Okay. And every living creature that moveth, in which the waters brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. And God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful, and multiply, and fill the waters and the seas, and let fowl multiply in the earth. And the evening and the morning were the fifth day. And God said, Let the cattle bring forth the living creature after his kind cattle and creeping thing, and beast of the earth after his kind. And it was so. And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind. And God saw that it was good. And then here's the word. Uh, and God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over all the cattle, and over all the earth, 
and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his, not their, not angels, own image, in the image of God he created him, male and female created he them. And God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every herb, bearing seed, which is upon the face of the earth, and every tree which is in which is the fruit of a tree yielding seed. To you it shall be for meat, and to every beast of the earth, and to every fowl of the air, and to everything that is creeping upon the earth, wherein there is life. I have given every herb for meat, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Well, uh, as you're reading that, I thought about how when he created man in his image, in the image of God, not God and angels, because otherwise he would have said that, like out of everything he created, you know, from the, from all the creatures, once he got to man, he said, in our likeness, what does that mean? Well, God is spirit. The Bible says that. And so it's probably not talking about physical likeness. Uh, it's most likely talking about something deep within us. So we know that animals have a soul. In the, in the book of uh, Revelation, it says that... Uh, Fish have souls. Every soul in the sea died after one of the bowl judgments. And so animals have souls. They can think. They can, they can, like monkeys can go and they can eat bugs and they can make tools and stuff and they can learn sign language. But they can't create sign language, if you know what I mean. Yes, I understand so they can't they can't create so in this narrative we see that god is creating this and creating that and creating oh, this I and see. creating that and then what we get from here is that elohim is a creator god i love that because i was just thinking you don't see a group of monkeys going to war yeah you don't or creating see like that. you know uh, platoons and like you know cities and you know um you know how in star wars <laughs> there's all these different you know uh, creatures and they all have their own like planets and stuff we don't see that we just see humans do just doing all that and we rule over all of the other creatures yes which is amazing and i've never seen creatures above man no we haven't seen any of not that. even aliens <laughs> <laughs> because don't you think they would have come and taken over the world by now? Well, if they can get here. Yeah. Yeah, you see that... We are made in God's image. That's an amazing, amazing... Th that's why the devil hates us so much. 
That's why he wants to destroy humans and humankind. And I think um, we we went through line upon line in Genesis, and we um, we're gonna continue our series in Genesis, I guess. I mean, mm-hmm. this is the beginning of the year. Might as well go through the whole Bible, you know, <laughs> or just a series just for fun. Thank you, everybody, for joining us uh, this New Year's Day. For our series in Genesis, I hope you enjoy just opening up the scriptures with us and learning together. And if you ever have any questions, you can go to our Instagram or our Facebook at Oh My Geekers and ask a question. And um, if you have any suggestions, just uh, put your suggestions in uh, the DM, the direct message to us, and maybe we'll um do a podcast series on something that you're interested in and thank you for joining us here on the oh Oh my My geekers Geekers Podcast. podcast